God has sent to this church. And uh, I know that there are promises made. It's been months since I heard that sound. We still got winter out there. We haven't had our first thunder yet. Glad we got a good roof over our head. Amen. And I, 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 I picked up on some things that Brother Regan has said that there has been uh, a renewal, a reminder of some promises. There's been uh, some things God is saying. And so, let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 13. And I, uh, in this message somewhere, probably will remind you of the power of a church that prays. Amen. I have been preaching a couple of messages to our church about the ever-burning altar and how that God rained down the fire upon the altar of the Lord and said that it never was to go out. But you find that he commissioned the priest to gather wood and put wood on that fire every day. So the fire fell from heaven to ignite it, but it was up to those priests to keep it going. Hallelujah. That's why Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. Amen. God didn't just give us the Holy Ghost and turn us loose to... uh, to just coast in on what he gave us that first night. Amen. I, I tell you, I know, I know there's times we get up and say, you got the same Holy Ghost I got, and we got the same Holy Ghost the apostles got, and, and yeah, we, we got the same initial baptism they got. The question remains is how much do we stir it up compared to what they did? How much wood did they put on the fire versus how much wood we put on the fire? Hallelujah. I tell you, I want to put it, I want to pour it on. We're in the home stretch and we're looking for the coming of the Lord. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want the fire burning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Romans 13 and 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now we know there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Amen. I, I want to I focus on certain portions of this 
Scripture, knowing the time. That's one of the things we're going to focus on. It is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Would you pray? Ask God to help us in this place.
having round-the-clock prayer, and and so we were staying in the Riggins' home, and uh, we all had similar hours of prayer. It was in the wee hours of the morning, and uh, and so uh, my wife and I were staying on one end of the house, and there was a living room right next to our bedroom, and I went out and prayed in the living room. My wife was praying in the bedroom, and I was kneeling down praying. When all of a sudden, the hair stood up on the back of my head. I still have a little bit of hair back there. If I'd have said it stood up on the front, you'd have questioned my honesty. <laughs> uh, something, it, 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 I, I'll tell you, I stood up, because it was, it was dim in that room, and I stood up. I started walking around praying with my eyes open. I felt like I just couldn't stay down there with my eyes closed. Something was in that room, and I had not taken two steps to walk across that room to walk and pray when my wife shot out of that bedroom and knelt down there at that couch close to me. And I, so I stopped, and I said, what's, what's going on? She said, I don't know, but I had to get out of that bedroom. Something scared me. I said, well, I just stood up from that couch because something startled me as well. We were were fighting some spirits. It was was a deal. It was a deal. But out out of that same time that that there were things going that, that, you know, I sure didn't tackle them like Brother Moody did. But I can tell you that that was a deal. But, you know, right in the midst of all of that, Right in the midst of all of that. Uh, and I'll tell you another thing. I, we were, maybe, I, I don't know why I'm going on to this, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm not just rambling. But uh, we were standing in the foyer talking to Sister Reagan and a couple of more, and, and I thought somebody was going, playing a preaching tape in the back in one of the rooms, maybe in the sound room, because it sounded like somebody just to, you know, you could just, the only thing I could think of be going on in the church that loud be a preaching tape. I couldn't hear any of the words, any of the sounds. It just muffled through different walls. And but in a little bit, a red-faced man come walking out of the door. He had been he had been screaming while he was talking to the pastor, and he was upset over some trivial matter that he should have been backing the the pastor and the youth leader, but instead he was. Furious! I don't know what happened to that man. I know if he didn't get right with God, I know what happened to him. It was a rough deal. Amen. And if y'all ever get ready to scream at Brother Riggin, you just better hope I'm not here because I'm going to stand beside him. Amen. Now, I don't believe any of you are. I just, I just threw that in. But I'm going to tell you, the devil hates a man of God. He hates the man of God. And so what a deal was going on. But in the middle of that, God was just planning on some good things. Uh, that was the, that was the revival that Amanda got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now she was a child, and somebody might just miss, say, well, in the midst of all that devil business, they were getting the upper hand. All you did maybe was pray some children through. Oh, thank God for praying children through. Thank God for praying children through. Hallelujah. Because one day they're going to be adults. And it will be 
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And that was, that was a, a time, transitional time for that church. God, God put out some opportunities. Not, not that revival, but the time that Brother Reagan was there. And times and seasons come, they go. I read to you about a time where the Bible said it's high time to awaken. Now, there's something about sleep. We actually need sleep. Matter of fact, the Lord gives us sleep. Matter of fact, five wise virgins went on in with the bridegroom, and they had been asleep. There are different different types of sleep in the Bible. There are... When the Bible says that a people go to sleep, they can go to sleep morally, where they don't recognize right from wrong. And what a, what a terrible tragedy that is. And uh, then there's that natural sleep that we need, that we don't get enough of. And uh, you, you, need, you need sleep. We never get enough sleep. Um, most folks do. Some folks do. Some folks need to share some of it. Wake up and grab a hammer and work a little bit while some of the rest of us get a little chance to sleep. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, uh, but sleep, sleep is, uh, you know, it, it, you, you, you don't die when you go to sleep. You're resting. But, you know, the thing about sleep is you are cut off. From your environment. You don't know what's going on around you. The only thing that's happening is your what happens by instinct. There are, you're breathing. You, your heart is beating. Actually, your brain is working. Not being productive, but it's working. And they say your brain your brain activity is more when you're asleep than it is when you're awake. I, I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't even know who they are. They just, they said it. I'm repeating something I heard. And, uh, uh, but the fact is, you're cut off from your environment. You're not aware of things that go on around you. You're, you're, you may be healthy. You might be uh, actually doing some restoration. Your body is doing it. But you don't know what's going on. People can come in and out of the room as long as they don't do it too loud. And you don't ever know it. You don't know what's going on around you. You're just there. You're by instinct. And uh, spiritually, I believe there are times that we go to sleep. I don't believe it means that we're lost or backslidden. I believe that it means we are instinctively continuing those things that are necessary. We might be worshiping, and I'm not. Uh, allow me. Don't don't get a don't get the wrong idea in your mind. I'm not talking about somebody that that just just they they go to sleep to the point they're just going through the motions. I'm talking about even a church that's still a healthy church. And yet there is a certain level of times or seasons we go through where we are somewhat asleep. We are, we are worshiping, we are, uh, we are praying, and, and, and yet, yet it might be that we've been 
need some uh, time to recuperate. Uh, whatever it might be. It might be that we just got tired from the battle and got lulled to sleep. And we're still saved and we're still trying to see our family saved. But still, in a sense, we are cut off from our environment. We're, 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 we're operating by instinct. Prayerfully, it's Holy Ghost instinct. We're still doing certain things. But, but I want to tell you, there is power in an awakening. There is power when a spirit of awakening comes on a church. And, and there are times in our nation's history, the Great Awakening and Great Awakening number two, and actually some, some religious historians will tell you there's up to four or five awakenings. But we know of the, the two major ones, and, and uh, a revival of religion, an awakening. And, and one of the things about them is people that have been living their lives on and on and on and on, all of a sudden, there comes a different awareness. Somebody comes along and preaches, and people begin to, uh, they awaken to a different world. They begin to look around, and they see their sin. They see the need for revival. They see, uh, they have a different view of God. They're more tuned in. Uh, these types of awakenings that I'm talking about were not accompanied by truth in its fullness. And were not accompanied uh, uh, across the board with the power of the Holy Ghost. They were more a re revival of religion and, and religious feelings and conviction and, and repentance and some things. It was leading up to uh, some things. But I just, I just said that to kind of give you an example of, of what a movement will do. But it, it stirred a nation. It went down in a nation's history. And it just started with some preachers starting to preach against sin. They got on fire for God. It got stirred up about the way people lived. And they began to preach uh, directly to the heart of the matter. I'm preaching to a church that's far beyond any of those. And a church that's living in truth. And a church that's been holding the
of hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tie this with something that I believe Jesus left their own purpose for it to happen. But after the Holy Ghost fell, Peter and John were on their way to the temple because it was the hour of prayer. The apostles went to pray when it was time to pray. The real church goes to prayer when it's prayer meeting time. The rapture church shows up for prayer meeting. Not the professing church, the rapture church. Where was I at when I started? I'm going to back up and try that again. The rapture church shows up for prayer meeting. Huh? The professing church will be here on Easter Sunday. The professing church will show up when you serve in a big potluck. But the rapture church shows up when it's time to pray. The rapture church shows up for Bible study on Thursday night. Amen. Well, some of us show up on Wednesday night where we live. And so they were on their way at the hour of prayer to the temple. How many times had Jesus been to that temple? And this fellow was there all that time. Jesus left him there on purpose. And they were passing by the gate beautiful. I don't know why they didn't notice it before, because them guys had passed that way many times. But they were asleep. Because they were cut off from their surroundings. They had no idea what was going on. They, 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 uh, they still were trying. They had tried to keep people away from Jesus. Jealous of their time with him, maybe. I don't know, just to sleep. But, oh, something had happened a few days before. And there was a different pair walking that same road this day. Because somebody had reached down on the day of Pentecost and shook their shoulder. And full of the Holy Ghost, this is the power of an awake church. They were on their way. And they passed that gate beautiful. And somebody started rattling a cup and saying, Alms, we need some help over here. I need some money. And Peter and John... Fastening their eyes on him. You can't you can't see that when you're asleep. And you can't change what you can't see. You can't do anything about what you don't notice. And if you sleep on, this community is going to suffer. Uh, you may go to heaven. You may enjoy yourself. But God didn't call you to sleepwalk to glory. There's an awakening that's coming. Peter and John fastening their eyes upon him. Hey, we're wide awake. Oh, we're wide awake. You know what can happen when the church gets awake? The church can look and say, silver and gold. Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. 
what you don't know is going. But I'm going to tell you, there's a power in an awake church. You, I, I've come to preach about the power of a church, a church that's praying, a church that's worshiping. Don't ever sell yourself short. I believe God is ready to send an awakening that will awaken you to the power He intended to be in the church. We're not just a little group struggling to make it through to glory. We're not just a band of people struggling, always having to cave into our flesh or fall prey to sin. But there's a Thank you. 
an awakened church. Many of you, because of your pastor's very close connection to Elder Gary Howard, you know the troubles he's been through in his family. Deaths in his family and troubles and trials and things that have come. And I don't know how much has been said to him, but I know his closest friends, I have overheard them talking. And to them it appears that it's been a brutal attack of the enemy, and I know God has to allow it. But it's been because he dared to step out with prophetic voice and begin to prophesy that the spiritual power and gifts of the church is coming back. And I'm telling you, you say that, no, I'm not talking about just in a generic way. I'm not going to try to repeat all the things that God has just handed him and he has spoken. He preached a few weeks ago at our church, and I'll tell you, he, 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 he said in the beginning, this is a prophetic message for this church. He was walking in the Holy Ghost. The devil hates it. He's mad about it. He's trying his best to shut down that message but men like him in the last few months and years have been prophesying that there is coming a power of the Spirit, a renewal, an awakening of the Spirit in the church. You hear me? I feel this tonight. surrounding. I'm going to tell you, there are angels all in this building. But I didn't come to preach about angels. I'm telling you, Jesus is walking in this building. God is moving in the midst of His church. He's come down. There's a restlessness even in the Spirit. There's a short time to work. And God's starting to walk in the midst of His church. And He's coming by and tapping you on the shoulder. And He's tapping this pastor and that pastor on the shoulder. And the clarion Church, 
the majority of it. But, but you know, even in that group, there was a remnant. They were called holiness people, and they would gather to pray. Oh, how they would pray. They pray for their nation. They pray for the world. They pray for souls. They were they were being stirred awake. They didn't have the Holy Ghost yet, but God was ready to pour it out. And when He did, He was stirring somebody up to pray for it. Uh, the man, I forget his name, uh, uh, that was that was one of the one of the foremost men in the Welsh revival. Uh, when he was just a boy, he was praying in those prayer meetings uh, where they were praying that the Holy Ghost would fall. Nobody yet had been baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, but like they did over here in America, they they, they got awake to the scriptures. Uh, they began to believe the possibilities. Uh, they began to believe that God could baptize with the Holy Ghost. Uh, they began to pray for it. Amen. And and uh, his name was Evan Roberts. And an elder told him, said, Evan, you don't ever need to miss any prayer meeting. Because he said, what if you miss the one where God pours out the Holy Ghost? And so this young man made it a policy. He wasn't going to miss one. For 13 years, he went to those prayer meetings. For 13 years, he sought for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But, oh, he was there the night it fell. He was there the night God began to open up the floodgates of heaven and began to pour out the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God baptized him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I haven't followed his life. I don't know what he, what happened when the revelation of the oneness came out. That's not my point. My point is that if anybody is looking for anything from God, if you're looking for it, you got to pray. Oh, there's a stir and you gotta, you got to be in that middle of the prayer meeting that's going on. I've heard the testimonies oh, way back when this revival was going throughout the land. Ladies would hear about it. They'd start gathering up at each other's houses. Oh, God, send those tent preachers by here. Oh, God, send that Pentecostal way by here. And that pray until one day in their town, a kid would start going up and an apostolic preacher would preach the gospel and they would be filled with the Holy Ghost. It happened because there's power in that awakening. It, it was People were being awakened all over the land. I tell you, uh, by the time some of those tent re- revivals would come to town, uh, they didn't even have to advertise. There were already people praying, oh, God, send it our way. God, send it our way. They'd been stirred awake by God. They were good people. They were seeking people. They didn't have it yet. They didn't have everything, but they were hungry, and God was stirring them. By the time the preacher got there, they were already praying people ready to receive the Holy Ghost, ready to run to those altars. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when God begins to stir the church, it's not a coincidence that here in the past few days you have heard messages sent to this church that people have uh, had this church on their heart in prayer and have called your pastor. It's no accident that I came here to preach this message tonight. It's got a fine fertile ground. Somebody's got to catch that vision and you got to stir yourself. Oh God, I want to be there when it happens. Oh God, I want to be a part of it. And I'm telling you, oh 
John, if Jacob lays back down, you tell me. Jacob, if John lays back down, you come tell me. Okay. But you know what? In just a little while, 20, 30 minutes, I might have to holler down there. Hey! Are y'all getting ready? We're leaving here in a few minutes. But so far, it's never failed. It takes a while. But up those stairs they come, dressed, clothed, and in their semi-right mind, ready for school. One of them saying, don't even say the word food, and the other one saying, I'm hungry. Oh, but the day gets rolling, and not everybody is at one. But two minutes before the alarm clock, he's awake, and he's singing, this is the day the Lord hath made. The one that everybody wants to shoot. <laughs> Wish he had a snooze button on his head and you had a hammer. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, not everybody. 